For the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Say that with me. Say, the Lord is good, and His mercy endures forever. Generation to generation. Say, I am blessed. Look at somebody next to tell them, you are blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. And what God has blessed cannot be cursed. Say, I don't live under the curse. I live under the blessing. Blessed. <laughs> so um, we're in a season of divine increase. If you believe it, you'll experience it. If you don't believe it, you won't experience it. Look at the person next to you. Say, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And what you need to understand is that the Word of God will produce things in your life that doesn't currently exist. What God does is He speaks light into darkness. He brings order into chaos. He produces things in your life where, that you do not have. He's constantly bringing increase and blessing to your life. And the more you walk with the Lord, the greater it becomes. It's like compounded interest. I feel like we're entering compounded interest phase. That's what it feels like. Divine increase on every side. Look at the person next to you say, you're in a season of divine increase on every side. And the Word of God is going to produce that in your life. It's divine. It's supernatural. It's by His hand from His glorious unlimited resources. And so, I've, you know, we're talking about remembering, right? I, I was thinking yesterday and even this morning about what has led us into the season of divine increase. Because it doesn't just happen. Look at the person next to you and tell them, nothing just happens. There's things that you have to do in order to step into the things God has for you. If you are willing and obedient, then you will eat the good of the land. If you obey my commands. And so we have a, we, we have a responsibility and there's things that we have to do. And I remember... Coming into 2021, the Lord spoke to us to give a year's worth of wages. And so we calculated the giving for the church for 2020, and we made a commitment that we would give that amount in 2021. And we saw the Lord, you know, it was 125000 that the Lord had asked us to give. That was the entire income for the year. And in that year, we gave 200 and close to $30,000. And our in income went from 125 to $338,000. That means you increased. That means that you, because your giving is a reflection of that, that you've increased in your life. And then the Lord challenged Misty and I personally to take our giving to another level. And in one year, the Lord told me to double my giving three times. In one year. And so it's like, God, how do you do that? How? 
It's not because we had the money. It's because we made a decision that God gives seed to the sower. And we positioned ourselves and said, God, if you give me the seed, I'll sow it. And so 2021 was a year of intense sowing. It, it, our boundaries shifted. We gave more than we've ever given. It was totally divine. It was totally supernatural. But you cannot sow seed and then not reap a harvest. So if we gave bountifully, if we gave in, in, in a realm that was uncomfortable, we gave, we got stretched to the max and beyond. Imagine the harvest that's supposed to hit. Welcome to the season of divine increase. That was our giving in 2021. 2022, the Lord dropped a word in me. That's what I'm teaching right now. And so I'm thinking about all of this. And I'm like, God, you set us up to bless us. If you'll just hear God and obey God, He sets you up to bless you. It's by His hand. It's for Him. And He surprises us all the time. And so in May 2022, uh, while I was praying, I had an encounter with the Lord. And in this encounter, in this vision, I saw a keyhole in front of me. There was an old rustic lock and door. And I could see that it had some really complicated gear mechanism on the inside of it. And then what looked like a modern new key went into it and unlocked the door. And I walked inside and I saw a room full of books. They were all around me. The door closed behind me. And I was like in a circle and there were books that were all around me. And I saw a book on a shelf and it had one word on it, wisdom. And it was written in gold. And I pulled it off the shelf and I opened it to the center page. And it looked translucent gold, but it had depth. I just knew this thing was really deep. And as I looked into this book that was translucent gold, out of the depth of it came a scripture, Proverbs 3.15. Proverbs 3.15 came out of the book. And then I began to ascend. I began to just go up. I was picked up in this room. And I realized that I was in a round tower and there were books all around me. And then I ascended through the roof and I was sitting in another room and suddenly I saw TV screens appear all around me and I realized that I was sitting in a lighthouse. I could sit, and then I was taken out of where I was sitting and I, I realized I'm sitting in a lighthouse. And so from this encounter is what I'm teaching now in this season. It started towards the end of last year, and it's now breaking into the new year. And we're pressing into the wisdom of God because the wisdom of God is what's going to produce the divine increase in this year. Can I get an amen? amen. And so Proverbs 20 verse 27 says, The spirit or the conscience of man is the candle of the Lord, searching and examining all the innermost parts of his being. And so the things that God reveals to you, the light of God shines in your heart. God gives you wisdom and understanding. And as you practically live that out, you become a light for others to follow. Can I get an amen? 
So God shines the light in you and then God shines the light through you. Amen. And so I'm very, very excited about this season of divine increase and what God is going to be doing in your lives this year. It's going to be increase on every side. Look at the person next to you and say, it's increase on every side, in every area of my life. Everything you set your hand to will prosper. And some of you might say, well, I don't know how God's going to do that. Well, we're teaching you how to tap into it. Amen. Last week, I spoke about King Solomon. We took a look at his life. And in 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 1 through 15, Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father David, except that he offered sacrifices and burnt incense on the high places. Look at the person next to you and tell him the way you show God you love him is you obey his commands. The king went to Gibeon to offer sacrifices for that was the most important high place. And Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on the altar. You know, to give a thousand offerings, a thousand sheep to the Lord, that's a pretty big offering. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon during the night in a dream. And God said, ask whatever you want me to give you. Now that's a night. I'm telling you right. Oh, what a night. When the Lord shows up in your dream and says, whatever you want, ask me and I'll give it to you. Who wants one of those encounters? And so Solomon answered, you have shown great kindness to your servant, my father David, because he was faithful to you and righteous and upright in heart. You have continued his great kindness to him and have given him a son to sit on his throne this very day. Now, Lord, my God, you have made your servant king in his place of my father, David. But I am only a child and I do not know how to carry out my duties. Your servant is here among the people you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to count or number. So give your servant a discerning heart or a wise heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. For who is able to govern this great people of yours? And the Lord was pleased that Solomon had asked for this. So God said to him, since you have asked for this and not for a long life or wealth for yourself, nor have you asked for the death of your enemies, but for discernment in administrating justice, I will do what you have asked. I will give you a wise and understanding heart so that there will never have been anyone like you or will there ever be. Moreover, I will give you what you have not asked for, both wealth and honor, so that, so that in your lifetime you will have no equal among kings. And if you walk in obedience to to me and keep my decrees and commands as David your father did, I will give you a long life. Then Solomon awoke and he realized it had been a dream. And so here Solomon has this encounter with God and he realizes as being king, he has to govern God's people. He's standing there, put in that position by God and he's saying, God, 
These, this, is your, this is your people. And that's what I do all the time. I'm like, God, these are your people. These are not my people. I need wisdom. Some of them are crazy, Jesus. Help us, Jesus, to govern and manage your people. Help us, Lord, to help them break through this stuff and, and step into all your blessing and all your goodness, right? And so Solomon prays for wisdom, and God gives him wisdom. And you can read Solomon's life. The wealth that he acquired, I read it last week. You can go watch it on YouTube, on the Pure Church page. We went through all that increase that hit Solomon's life because of him asking God for wisdom. Well, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1 says, These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. So the book of Proverbs, 31 uh, chapters, is the wisdom that God gave Solomon that he wrote in this book for us to learn. How many of you want the wisdom of God? You can find it in Proverbs chapter 1 through 31. It's wisdom. And it says here, their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline. Look at the person next to you, say wisdom and discipline. Like wet and water, they go hand in hand. You cannot separate the two. It's not just wisdom, but it's the application of wisdom consistently. Look at the person next to you, so you have to apply it. Not just one time, but consistently, and it needs to become a lifestyle. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives. So wisdom and discipline, discipline brings success. Look at the person next to you, say wisdom produces discipline. And discipline built on wisdom produces success. When you build your life on the wisdom of God and it becomes your lifestyle that you live consistently, you will be successful. Look at the person next to you. Say the way you find success is you obey God's word. And today I want to show you um, the benefits of wisdom. Go to Proverbs chapter 3. We'll start reading. Actually, go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7 first. Proverbs 4, 7. It says this in the New King James. Wisdom is the principal thing. Or wisdom is the most important thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. The Berean Study Bible says wisdom is supreme. So acquire wisdom. And whatever you may acquire, gain understanding. And so in Proverbs 4, 7, it says wisdom is the most important thing you can get. But then it also tells you that you have the responsibility to get it. Look at the person next to you say, wisdom's available, but you have to go get it. And then when you get the wisdom, you need to learn how to understand it so that you can apply it to your life. Amen. Say wisdom is the principal thing. Get it. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 1 says, My child, never forget the things that I have taught you, 
Store my commands in your heart. So when God gives you wisdom, He gives you commands or He shows you wisdom's ways. Look at the person next to you and say, wisdom has a way of doing things. And so God commands us to do things. And when God gives you a commandment, He's giving you wisdom for your life. Say the commands of God is the wisdom of God. You see, when you obey the commands of the Lord, you're applying wisdom to your life. And I want to show you what happens when you, when you obey God's commandments. When you obey God's commands and you apply wisdom to your life, these are the benefits that will hit your life. Look at the person next to you say, these things will happen. They're not might happen or maybe happen. These things will happen. You can count on it. You can take it to the bank. If you apply wisdom to your life, you obey God's commands, these things will happen in your life. Guaranteed. Verse 2. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder and write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with God and people and you will earn a good reputation. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do and He will show you which path to take. So family, what this means is, that when you find the commands of God, you find the wisdom of God. So when you're making a decision, you have to trust God's command over what other people are telling you to do, over what you're feeling in the moment. You have to build your life on the Word of God, not on your feelings or on circumstances or on the opinions of people. Can I get an amen? And that's how you put your trust in God. You put your trust in God by saying no to everything else and doing what God says. You can't say, Lord, I trust you and then do whatever you want to do. You demonstrate trust by doing what God says. And then you will know which path to take. Lord, I don't know what to do in this situation. I got some enemy attacking me. I want to go beat them up, Jesus. I want to go get Hulk. I want to get Thor. And I want to get Iron Man. And we're going to be Avengers, baby. We're going to get revenge. And the Lord says, pray for your enemy. But God, I want to kill him right now. God says, bless your enemy. Bless him? There's no way I'm going to bless my enemy. It doesn't make sense, but it makes faith. Can I get an amen? amen? And if we will do what God's Word says, then we'll be victorious every time. But your flesh doesn't want to do what God wants you to do. Can I get an amen? amen. So you've got you to tell yourself no, and you've got to say yes to the Lord. Verse 7, now it starts getting deep. It says, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. That, that verse right there says, that verse says that your wisdom is evil in God's sight. It says, then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce, and you will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. 
My child, don't reject the Lord's discipline and don't be upset when He corrects you. For the Lord corrects those He loves just as a father corrects a child in whom He delights. So we got to allow the Word of God to correct our thinking. We've got to allow the Word of God to change our lifestyles. And then verse 13, this is where I wanted to get to. Joyful is the person who finds wisdom. That means that when you find wisdom, joy is going to hit your life. Look at the person next. You say the first benefit of, wis- the first benefit of wisdom is joy. Verse 14 says, For wisdom is more profitable than silver, and her wages are better than gold. Wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. Verse 16, she offers you a long life. Say, wisdom will bring me joy. Wisdom will bring me a long life. And then it says, and riches and honor in the very next verse. In her right hand, in her right hand she offers a long life. In her left hand, she honors riches. 17 says, she will guide you down delightful paths, and all her ways are satisfying. Wisdom will guide you. Who needs guidance? The wisdom of God will guide you. Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. You'll have happiness in your life if you have wisdom. Well, I'm just not happy. Well, it's because you don't have wisdom. I don't have joy. It's because I don't have wisdom. My life isn't going right. I don't want to attack you, but the Bible says it's a fool. Look at somebody and say, God is going to help us move from being foolish to being wise. Verse 18 bring you happiness. 19, by wisdom the Lord founded the earth. By understanding he created the heavens. By his knowledge the deep fountains of the earth births forth. And the dew settles beneath the night sky. With wisdom, you can establish things and build things. Things that will be unshakable. My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. Hang on to them, for they will refresh your soul. They are like jewels on a necklace, and they will keep you safe on your way. Say, wisdom will keep me safe. And your feet will not stumble. You can go to bed without fear and you will lie down and sleep soundly. I'm not sleeping good, Pastor. It's because you don't have wisdom. (laughs) 25. You need not to be afraid of sudden disaster or destruction that comes upon the wicked. So that means, you know, in the world you see disaster hit people all around. And then you start getting afraid that it's going to hit me next. Who has that weird feeling sometimes that like life is so good right now, something bad has to happen? Come on, you know that happens. It's like, man, this is, pinch me, I'm dreaming right now, you know? You know, something bad has to happen. Life just cannot keep being better and better and better. When you operate in the wisdom of God, your life will just keep getting better. Amen? You do not have to fear the disaster that hits other people. Because wisdom will keep you safe. 26 says, For the Lord is your security, and He will keep your foot from being caught in a trap. Wisdom will keep you secure. And then it goes on into some other stuff. 
about don't being wicked, blah, blah, blah. Go to, you can read that later. Go to Proverbs chapter 4, verse 6. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. Verse 8, if you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head, and she will present you with a beautiful crown. Verse 10, my child, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long, good life. Verse 11, and I will teach you wisdom's ways and lead you in a straight path. When you walk, you will not be held back. When you run, you will not stumble. Take hold of my instructions and don't let them go. Guard them for they are the key to your life. And so wisdom produces joy. It brings profit to your life. It'll give you a long and satisfying life. Wisdom will guide you. Wisdom is a tree of life and it'll bring you happiness. With wisdom, you can establish things and build things. Wisdom will keep you safe. Wisdom will give you peaceful sleep. You will not have to fear sudden disaster. Wisdom will keep you secure. Wisdom will protect you and guard you. Wisdom will make you great and wisdom will honor you. I'll take all of the above. Can I get an amen? And so what's important for you to understand is that the commands of God is the wisdom of God. Look at somebody and tell them the commands of God is the wisdom of God for your life. I'm just going to say it over here because this is so important. When you get the commands of God, you get the wisdom of God. When you obey the commands of God, you're living according to God's wisdom for your life. Isaiah 55 says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts, says the Lord. God's thoughts and God's ways are different to ours. We grow up in a world system, right? God is in His kingdom. And God wants us to learn His thoughts and learn His ways. And He's given us commands in His Bible. And when we obey the commands of God, it shows that we love God. I said this last week in Ephesians chapter 3. It says that, your roots may grow down into the love of God. It, the prayer there is that you would experience the love of God. It's too much for you to comprehend. The way that you establish yourself in the love of God is by obeying the commands of God. Look at the person next to you and tell him, the way you establish yourself in the love of God is by understanding and obeying the commands of God. I don't know, I want to say this 5,000 times because this is the most important thing I need to tell you right now. We have to obey the commands of God if we want to experience all the blessings of God. And family, that means we have to change our lifestyles. Amen? The word that the Lord gave us for this year, the scripture that He's given us to stand on is Deuteronomy chapter 6. And it says... In verse 6, these are the, chapter 6, these are the commands, decrees, and laws that the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and your children after them may fear the Lord your God as, as long as you live by keeping all His decrees and commands that I give you. 
and so that you may enjoy long life. Look at somebody and tell him, we have to keep the commands, the decrees, and the laws of God. Say commands, decrees, and laws. And I was like, wow, that's, that sounds like the same thing, Lord. You know, commands, decrees, and laws, aren't they all the same thing? And in Deuteronomy, we read of laws, commands, commandments, decrees, and statutes. I mean, it all sounds the same to me. But I, I looked something up, and, I, and I'm, I'm starting to figure out that these are different things, right? So it says, commandments is the Hebrew term for, Hebrew term for commandment and usually refers to a comprehensive list of laws, Right, So there's commandments or a body of laws that God wants us to keep. This is also the Hebrew term often used for when the Lord spoke directly in the Old Testament. So when God gives you a command, He's speaking directly to you or He's given you a list of things He's already commanded. Can I get an amen? Then it says statutes. According to Vine's dictionary, statute is a rule or a law, or a regulation. And it says it can also refer to natural laws. Everybody say natural laws. See, not only do we have to keep the, the commands of God that He speaks from His mouth and the, the list that He's given us, but He's also put natural law into place. Can I get an amen? Like the law of gravity. It works. we got to keep the natural laws. Right? You don't keep the natural laws, you could fall off Table Mountain and die. Then there's rules. Everybody say rules. A judicial verdict or a formal decree. And this is legal rules they would, that, that would fall under this category. So if there was a judge or somebody made a ruling for the people, that you would have to live under those rules. Right? And then it also has statutes. And statutes refers to festivals, rituals, or feasts such as the Passover or days of unleavened bread or the Feast of Tabernacles. So there are rituals, there are judges' orders, there are natural laws, then there's commands, and then there's the spoken word of God. So God is telling you, you've got to keep all of this. Can I get an Amen. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 6, it says, These are the commands, decrees, and laws that the Lord God has directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and children after them may fear the Lord as long as they live by keeping His decrees and His commandments that I give you, so that you may enjoy a long life. So there's a purpose for these things. It's not just to make your life miserable. It's to bless you. Can I get an amen? Then it says, hear Israel and be careful to obey that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors promised you. So God says, if you will obey these commands, laws, decrees, statutes that I'm giving you, you will increase greatly. Say divine increase. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them to your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. We need to write something on our gates. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land, He swore to your fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you a land with large, flourishing cities you did not build, houses filled with all kinds of good things you did not provide, wells you did not dig, vineyards and olive groves you did not plant. When you eat and are satisfied, verse 12, be careful that you do not forget the Lord who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And so family, the Lord has really put it strong on my heart that the increase is here, but the most important thing is to make sure that we don't walk away from what God says to us. Because what happens is when you get hit with the blessing, if you don't practice the discipline that brought you into the blessing, then you become entitled and you fall away from obeying God, but you expect God to bless you. And it is dangerous. I'm telling you right now, the blessing is dangerous because you are full, you are satisfied, everything is going good. Why do I need God? I have money. I have all the things the heart desires. And family, the minute that we replace the love of God for the love of things, we come under the curse again and everything will be stripped from us. And so this year is a year where we are going to focus on understanding the laws and the commands of God. And we are going to discipline ourselves to do what they say. Can I get an amen? And we will increase greatly on every side. So in, um, I thought this was really cool. That I wanted to mention it. In the book of Exodus chapter 20, we read the story about um, the people of Israel. Obviously, they came out of Egypt. God brought them through the Red Sea. He delivered them. And God brought them to Mount Sinai where He wanted to talk directly to His people. And you can read this in the book of Exodus chapter 20 um, and 19, 20, 21. But in 19 verse 16, it says, On the morning of the third day, Thunder roared and lightning flashed, and a dense cloud came down on the mountain. There was a long, loud blast from the ram's horn, and all the people trembled. Moses led them out from the camp to meet with God, and they stood at the front of the mountain. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln. And the whole mountain shook violently as the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder. And Moses spoke and God thundered his reply. And the Lord came down on the top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of the mountain. So Moses climbed the mountain. And then it goes on in, verse, in chapter 20 to tell us that at the top of the mountain, God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. Look at the person next to you and say the first thing that God did when He delivered His people out of slavery in Egypt, 
He introduced himself to them and then gave them laws. You see, a nation without laws is not a nation. Every nation has to have a set of laws that they agree to live by in order to be in unity. And so when God delivers us out of slavery to sin and he brings us under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, God wants to make you his people, but the way you become his people is you live according to the standard in the kingdom. When you were living in Pharaoh's kingdom, when you were living serving the devil, you had a different set of rules that you lived by. But now God is saying, no, that's not my group of people. That's the devil's kids. You want to live in my kingdom? You want my blessing? You're going to live under my house? You're going to live under my rules? And when you live under my rules, you're going to experience all the blessings that I have for you. But listen, if you don't want to obey my rules, you don't want to obey my commands, then you go ahead, go back to Pharaoh and live that life. So you're going to live one of two ways. Can I get an amen? You're either going to live to please yourself or you're going to live to please God. And if you're going to live to please God, God has got a set of commands that He wants you to live by. These are laws. They're not suggestions. And I hear it. This is legalistic. And I'm telling you, it's not. It's reality. And family, if we're going to, we've got to deal with rebellion in our hearts. Because it's that rebellious old nature that refuses to obey the laws of God. And that's why we have a cross. Can I get an amen? So that we can crucify the old life so that we can live in the new life. And it's very, very important. I'm not talking about the laws of Moses. We're not talking about those. We're talking about the truth of the word of God. There is wisdom and there's commands that God has given us. And if we will build our lives in obeying the commands of God, we'll experience the benefits of wisdom, which will give us life and life more abundantly. Amen. All of these things that I'm talking to you about, peaceful sleep, joy, honor, great wealth. These are all things God wants for you. But God can't give you these things if you're not living according to His commands. Go to Proverbs chapter 7. Chapter 7 verse 1. Follow my advice, my son. Always treasure my commandments. Listen, treasure my commandments. I mean treasure. I mean wisdom is treasure. God's commands is treasure to us. Obey my commands and live. Guard my instructions as you guard your own eyes or the pupil of your eye. Write them on your fingers as a reminder. Write them deep within your hearts. Verse 4 says, love wisdom like a sister. Make insight a beloved member of your family. There again, God is saying, my commands, you need to love them. And when you love my commands, you are loving wisdom. We've got to treasure God's commands. We've got to treasure God's wisdom. We have to guard our lives. Let them protect you from an affair with an immoral woman, from listening to the flattery of a promiscuous woman. 
I don't have time to get into this today. Maybe we'll get into it another week. But if you will read Proverbs chapters uh, 1 through like 9, 10, what you're going to find is Solomon begins to share wisdom and the benefits of wisdom, what wisdom will produce in your life. And then Solomon gets into talking about uh, being caught in an adulterous affair. And what he's talking about in this adulterous affair, not just in the natural, but it means that you're being seduced, not by the spirit of wisdom, you're being seduced away by the world. And the world wants to pull you into another way of living that's opposite to wisdom's ways. And the world's way looks appetizing, it looks appealing, it looks like fun. But in the end, it brings you to the place of death. Wisdom will produce life. Living according to the world's way of doing things will produce death in your life. And so when you read these chapters, he talks about the foolish person that gets seduced by this adulterous woman because wisdom is called the she in the Bible. And here's another woman trying to pull you away. No longer loving God, no longer loving His commands, no longer obeying Him, but being seduced and pulled away to love another that's not of God. Are you with me? And when she seduces you and you, uh, you get sucked into that little trap over there. And your life just begins to fall apart. Can I get an amen? amen? And so we have to watch out that we don't let the world pull us away or people pull us away or um, Hollywood pull us away from obeying the commands of God. And family, we have to become diligent in teaching these things to our children if we're not obeying it we're not teaching it let me rewind that if we're not obeying it we're not going to teach our kids to obey it and so it's very very important that we live these things so we can teach these things proverbs chapter 4 verse 23 it says guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So God is saying, you need to take my commands. You need to store them. You need to write them on your heart. You need to teach them to your children. Put them on the refrigerator. Put them on your door. Put notifications all around to remind you of God's commands. Then he says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Because if you choose not to keep these things at heart, something else is going to take its place and you're going to be doing something that you shouldn't be doing and you're no longer guarding these heart, your heart. You're no longer storing the commands in your heart. You're being seduced to do something you shouldn't be doing. So it says avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. When you come around people and they're talking things that are opposite to what God says, you need to walk away. Because those things will penetrate the heart and out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth begins to speak and you begin to act it. It says, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path and don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. And so family, we have to build our lives on a solid foundation. We have to build our lives on the commands of God because the commands of God is the wisdom of God and wisdom will produce life. 
We need to make sure that we store God's commands in our heart. We need to make sure that we're teaching them to our children. We need to make sure that we keep ourselves separated from things that are going to distract us and pull us into things that God is not leading us into. And if we will build our lives on this foundation, make this a solid, secure foundation, and we live disciplined lives according to the Word of God, we will be increased and we will experience all the blessings that God has for our lives. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so this is basics, right? It's like I feel stupid actually talking about this. Because we should all know this. But this is the most important thing that we can do. Amen. I'm going to share one or two more things and we're going to be done for today. So how do we get wisdom? Look at the person next to you and say, how do we get wisdom? Wisdom is the principal thing. We need to get it. James 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So just like Solomon, he asked God for what? Wisdom. Look at the person next to you and say, If you want wisdom, you can ask God for wisdom, and there's no stupid questions. God's not going to judge you for asking. He's going to give you the wisdom that you're asking Him for. Amen. Proverbs chapter 2 verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth come knowledge and understanding. So God wants to speak these things to you. Right? God wants to give you wisdom's ways, but you have to have a relationship with God. And you have to know the voice of God. Right? I don't know where each and every person is in here, but if you're part of Pure Church and you've been here a while, we're bringing you to the place where you know the voice of God and you hear the voice of God and God speaks to you, dreams, visions. You know things by the Spirit of God, right? Because you're mature in the things of God and you come to know the voice of God and a stranger's voice you're not following. Amen? And so God wants to speak things to you. And when you're spending time with the Lord, when you're reading your Bible and you're saying, Lord, I need help with this thing. It's not, oh, thou heavenly Father, grant thy son wisdom. No. Lord, I need wisdom on how to do this thing. Can you help me, God? And you will find that God will get you the wisdom that you're looking for. He'll speak it to you. He'll send somebody across your path. You'll listen to something. You'll read something. It'll suddenly pop up on your Instagram feed, the very thing that you're looking for. He knows how to get it to you. Amen. Proverbs chapter 8 verse 17 says, I love those who love me and those who seek me early find me. Look at the person next to you and say, you got to get alone. You got to get to a quiet place. So hear God. Amen. Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. If you're not seeking wisdom, you're not going to find wisdom. You will find what you're looking for. Look at the person next to you and tell him, you will find what you're looking for. And so we have to ask the Lord for wisdom. We have to seek the Lord for wisdom. Look at the person next to you and say, if you want wisdom, you have to ask God for it, and you have to seek it. 
In Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1, it says, My child, listen to what I say and treasure my commands. Tune your ears to wisdom. So wisdom is on a specific channel, and you need to make a decision that you're looking for wisdom, and you start tuning your ear to find, your ear to find wisdom. It says, cry out for insight and ask for understanding. Search for them as you would for silver. Seek them like hidden treasure. Then you will understand what it means to fear the Lord, and you will gain knowledge of God. For the Lord grants wisdom, and from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. Amen. Say, I need to ask God for wisdom. I need to tune my ear to wisdom. I need to cry out for wisdom. I need to seek wisdom like I would hidden treasure, silver and gold. Go to Isaiah. You would say Isaiah. <laughs> Chapter 55. How much does wisdom cost? Isaiah 55 verse 1, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink, even if you have no money. So this is for everyone. Say wisdom is available to everyone, even if you don't have money. What does it require? It requires that you get hungry, you get desperate, you get thirsty. That's what this requires. If you don't want it, it's free. If you don't want it, you're not going to find it. But you have to make a decision that I am going to go after wisdom. If wisdom is the principal thing and I'm supposed to get it, then I'm going to make a decision to go after it. Amen. And Isaiah 55 says, is anyone thirsty? Come and drink. Even if you have no money, come take your choice of wine or milk. It's all free. Why spend your money on food that gives you no strength? Why pay for food that does you no good? Listen to me and you will eat what is good and you will enjoy the finest food. Come to me with your ears wide open. Listen and you will find life. I will make an everlasting covenant with you and I will give you all the unfailing love I promised to David. See how I used him to display my power among the people. I made him a leader among the nations. You also will command nations you do not know. And people unknown to you will come running to obey because I, the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, have made you glorious. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Let the wicked change their ways and banish every thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that he may have mercy on him. Yes, turn to our God for he will forgive generously. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth and my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. And it goes on to say that wherever God sends his word, it'll prosper. Can I get an amen? amen? So stand with us this afternoon. Family, this isn't flashy. This message isn't a, isn't, isn't a, it's not carrot cake. This is like, this is like kale. You know what I'm saying? No, no, really, really. I mean, this is, this stuff is like, this is the veggies that you don't want to eat, right? 
But this stuff is so foundational and this stuff is so important. And I don't want to just be flashy. You know, I want to get the nutrients in there that's going to make you strong and that's going to make you solid and that's going to produce the things that you're looking for in your life. Amen. And so as a body, we have to focus on understanding the laws and obeying the laws. And if we'll make that our primary goal to love God and obey God, we will walk in continuous blessing. Amen. So just close your eyes, lift your hands and say this. Say, Heavenly Father, I stand before you today. And your word says that wisdom is the principal thing. And that I am responsible to get it. And with my getting, I must get understanding. Your word says in James 1, 5, that if I ask you for wisdom, that you would give it to me. From your mouth comes wisdom and understanding. Father, even as Solomon asked you for wisdom so that he could govern your people, I ask you, God, to give me wisdom for my life, to govern my family, for my work, for my business, for everything that I do. I want to see your blessing on every area of my life. And I ask you, God, to correct me and show me, discipline me, help me, God. Step into wisdom's ways so that I can experience all the blessings that wisdom has to offer. Now, Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that we will not forget you. Lord, we will not forget all the good that you have done and all that you have given us. You have delivered us from slavery to sin. And Father, as a congregation, we stand before you. And Father, we believe the word you've given us, that this is the year of divine increase. And Father, we are going to commit ourselves firmly to your laws, to your commands, to your decrees, to your statutes, Lord God. Father, not only will we obey them, but we will teach them to those around us, Lord God. Lord, you said in your word that those who obey the least of the commandments in the Bible are great in the kingdom of God. Those who teach the commands to others are known as great in your kingdom. And Father, I thank you that we will live according to your laws and that we will teach your laws to others, God. Father, I thank you for a house that is blessed, that experiences increase and abundance in every area of their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. Can you say amen? Look at the person next to you and tell him, Jesus is the wisdom of God. Look at somebody and tell him, Jesus is the wisdom of God. Find somebody behind you and tell him, Jesus is the wisdom of God. Oh
you can